Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thanks for joining me. We are really close to wrapping up our series on finding joy again. And I'm going to start today with what may seem like a difficult statement, but stay with me, please. As parents, our lives revolve around our children. They become one of the main reasons we live. So when our child dies, it feels like that child was the only reason to live. And with one of our children no longer here, or maybe you are someone who lost your only child, and I am so sorry if that's the case, but we truly believe we have nothing to live for anymore. Even those of us who have other children, maybe a loving spouse, a job we loved getting up for every day, or maybe a ministry that was extremely fulfilling, All of that seems to be just wiped out with the death of our child. Most of us were not suicidal. We just don't want to be here anymore. And we can't imagine living in this kind of pain for the rest of our lives. So we need something bigger than us to live for. And if all of those things I mentioned, like the job or other children or ministry, are not a big enough reason then we need to do it for our child who is no longer here with us. Most of us are driven to figure out a way to continue the legacy of our child with everything from having a a brick put in a public garden to writing a book or starting a nonprofit. Now here is where the friction can happen. If you want to change the world in honor of your child, you have to start with yourself. There needs to be a transformation in you. We have to step out and do something different. In order to get something different, you have to do something different. You have to interrupt your patterns in your grief and do something different. So let's put this in the framework of our topic. We're talking about joy. Joy is part of the kingdom and kingdom living. Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God isn't eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom first is righteousness, which leads to peace, which leads to joy. Now let's back up a little bit and look at this. Righteousness, I think most Christians have heard the definition of righteousness is being in right standing with God. And this is something that as we mature as believers, it's something that we increasingly realize that I am in right standing with God. And when I know I'm in right standing with God, that gives me peace. Now, I have been hearing from several of you lately that you are wondering if you are in right standing with God. You are believing that your child's death was God punishing you for your sins. And let me assure you, I can guarantee you that is not the case. And the reason I can guarantee that is because 
if that is the case, then what Jesus did was totally in vain. Um, there was no purpose in it. No, there was no reason for him to come. It didn't work because your sins are under the blood of Jesus. He took the punishment. There is absolutely no way that God caused or allowed or whatever terms you want to put to it, the death of your child as a punishment for your sin or something that you did wrong. Jesus already took care of that for you. Even though we may be questioning a lot of things, you are in right standing with God. That's something that we talk about faith. We talk about the belief and the trust. And that's something that we just have to say, I'm standing firm on this. I am under the blood of Jesus. I don't get this. I don't know where God was. I don't know why this happened. But I am in right standing with God through Jesus. And because of that, the kingdom of God is righteousness. And when we can grasp that as a reality and a truth, then that gives us peace. Now, you can't know someone if you don't spend time with them. I'm going to talk about relationship a little bit. And I know that as Christians, a lot of times we talk about it's not religion, it's a relationship. Then something like this happens, and we begin to question our relationship with God. Now, I can know about someone because I've heard things about them. Maybe I have watched documentaries on TV about them. Maybe I've seen them uh, on, you know, whatever, live, doing whatever they do. I may have read a book about them, a biography about them. Uh, let's just throw out a name here. How about uh, Billy Graham, Okay. I can just immerse myself in everything possible about Billy Graham. But that doesn't mean I know him or that I knew him before he passed away. And a lot of times when our child dies, it's kind of like I thought I knew God. I thought I knew who God was. But fellowship is not the same as relationship. They seem really close, but when you stop and think about it, I can be in fellowship with somebody and not really be in a relationship with them. And I think this kind of a thing is like most of us doing things like reading our Bible or going to church because that's what a good Christian is supposed to do. And yes, we do get to know who God is a lot better by reading our Bibles or by going to church and listening to a message, but there's so much more to it than that. The more time I spend with him one-on-one, -on -one, the more time I talk to him throughout my day, the more time I just sit in his presence and let him speak to my heart, the more I spend time with him, the more peace and contentment, which becomes joy, that kind of, it's kind of like it starts to bubble up inside of me. It's, it's just there. And something interesting that I heard as I was, as I've been really studying all this out, is someone said the default, the prevailing mood of God and heaven is joy. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? The default of heaven is joy, and that's where our children are. We're familiar with Psalm 23. It says, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores 
my soul. I like how one translation puts it. He restores my inner person. See, God loves on me in ways that can't be described just by being with him. And I know that some of you, and I was there too, in in such a place of darkness, it's like, but I've tried and I've prayed and I'm talking to him and I'm doing everything I know to do, everything I used to do to make him feel close to me and to feel his presence. But I want to assure you, he is there. Even when we can't feel him, we can't hear him, he's there. So don't give up on that, okay? Don't give up on that. Just being with him, having this inner person restored, it's really not something that we do. It's something that we become from being with him. Praying. When Jesus, when the, when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And one of the things he said is, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That is the kingdom of God. And if we're not walking in peace or joy, consider looking at maybe, maybe you're not really seeking the kingdom first and not grasping the reality of the righteousness of the right standing you have with him. This is kind of hard for me to say because I know there are so many of you that it's like, but I am seeking his kingdom. And it's, it's such a hard thing, isn't it? But I just want to remind you, it isn't the stuff. It isn't about eating and drinking. It's not a fleshly thing. It's not about getting and doing what you want and and what I want and getting my way in the kingdom of God. If we are building our own kingdom, like what do I want, what will make me happy, then we're not going to have these things, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we have to get to a point where we can lay down our own way to be able to enter in to God's kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. In the kingdom of God, it's full of what full of things that just don't seem normal to us. Things like the first shall be last and the last will be first. To gain your life, you have to be willing to lose it. When Jesus talked about the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is a servant, gaining the world is to lose your soul. Expecting a a kernel of wheat to fall to the ground and die, or it won't produce fruit. The kingdom of God is all about things that when we try to analyze it and make sense of it, it just, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's beyond what our mind can analyze and comprehend in a lot of ways. Joy is found in saying yes to God, not in fighting him, not in demanding answers. And I understand where that comes from. And, and if, that's, if that's where you are, please don't hear any condemnation from me. That is not what this is about. But getting to a place of of surrendering and being okay with not having the answers here on earth. And I know that's not easy. To be able to say, not my will, but your will be done. And we'll start to see God's unconditional love operating in our lives when we give unconditional surrender. And that means, okay, God, you can have everything but my child. And 
the reason I say that is because I've, I've heard from several of you lately who have said you thought you believed that you would love and serve God even if your child died, even if the worst of the worst happened, you would still love God. And now that it's happened, you are really struggling and you, you don't understand it because you thought <laughs> that I would be okay. But it's such a deep darkness and it's such a deep pain. So if I have that peace, peace with God, so we're talking about the, the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If I have that peace with God and I have peace within myself, then joy is, it's almost like that's going to start being a byproduct of the peace. It's almost like it's going to naturally begin to start growing in me. God is always in the state of well-being. Isn't that interesting? When Jesus told Zacchaeus that he was coming to his house, it was probably with joy. Zacchaeus definitely had joy because all of his friends had left him. And Jesus was saying, I'm okay with you. You are in right standing with me. I'm not walking out on you. And that brought a peace to Zacchaeus, which moved him to joy. When Zacchaeus moved into this place of joy, it, it moved Jesus into a place of joy. And he said, salvation has come to this house. A lack of joy often is a sign of a lack of surrender, that we're still struggling with the why, and that God isn't worth knowing or having in our lives. Something interesting showed up on my Facebook memory wall, and this uh, was from several years ago. It was a definition of joy, and it said, Joy doesn't have anything to do with happy circumstances. It has to do with looking into the face of God and knowing he is all we'll ever need. When I read this, I had to really stop and think about that because we really feel like God isn't everything we need because he's not here for me right now. He wasn't there for me for my child. And we tell ourselves he's not everything I ever need because he's, he's failed me. But that's not really the case as we continue to go through this journey that we have found ourselves on, that we don't want to be on. As we move forward in, in the direction of joy, we do find he is all we'll ever need because he, he provides what we need. He provides the strength. He provides the comfort. He provides the things that we need to get us through this. And I started thinking about some other definitions of joy that I've seen over the years. And so I started looking things up. I just want to read a couple, a, a few more of these. Joy is not the absence of pain. It is knowing God is with you in every circumstance. Here's another one. Joy is not the absence of heartache, problems, and tragedies. Joy is learning how to be grateful within those circumstances. Boy, there's another one that's hard, isn't it? I, I like how it says joy is learning how to be grateful within those circumstances. And I've talked about being thankful and getting a journal and writing down two or three things every night that you can be thankful for. There's a song out right now that talks about being alive and just you took a breath today. Isn't that something to be thankful for? And I, for us, it's like, no, I don't want to take my next breath. I don't want to be here. That's not something I'm thankful for. But 
you can find things to be grateful for, even if it's I'm 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 actually seeing flowers today. I, I mean I'm I'm like seeing color, pretty colors. Everything's been gray up until now. Or maybe a friend called. I didn't answer, but they called and left a message. There are just little things. There was a chipmunk outside and it made me smile. Okay? Little things that you can begin to be thankful for. Let me get back to another sentence here about our definition of joy. Joy is not the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God in that suffering. I want to give you a suggestion here. Um, Some of these podcasts, I've offered some things that might be helpful to help you move into the direction of joy. And I want to give you a suggestion in this podcast. I want you to ask God to give you an attribute about him, a truth about him, who he is and who he wants to be for you that becomes the focal point of your days. Now, this is going to be something that you can rejoice in. You may even find it becomes the focal point of your life. Let me explain what I mean by this. And this was something that was brought up to me within the last month. And it's something that I guess in a way I was already doing it because God had brought something to me at the beginning of the year and I just spent a lot of time meditating on it. And I guess in a way that's what I was doing. And, and it has become a focal point of, of my days. And it, it really strengthens me. Okay, so a truth or an attribute about God that can be your strength and that can be a focal point that you can focus on and meditate on such as... I am the Lord your God, I do not change. So that truth of the attribute of God would be he never changes, never, never, never changes. That's a good thing. His love for you never changes, no matter your thoughts, no matter your actions, no matter what happens, he does not change. That is something you can stand on. And as you begin to, to if that's the, the thing that just you decide, this is what I, this is the truth I need to really set my life on. It can be just a, a huge thing for you. Uh, here's another one. How about he is my high tower? Every day you sit and think about how God is my high tower. Picture yourself running to him for safety. How about he is my anchor? He's my anchor of hope. He's my anchor of anything that all these things that come to your mind. He is my anchor of love. He's my anchor of provision. He's my anchor of comfort. And just let him being your anchor be that that focal point that you can focus on. This is the one that I spend a lot of time on because I feel like God spoke this to my heart several months ago towards the beginning of the year. I woke up and I heard the words just inside of me, just out of the blue, they were just there. And it said, draw from my well of abundance. And I know that he wasn't talking about financial abundance. He was talking about everything that he has, he has an abundance. He has an abundance of joy for me. He has an abundance of hope for me. He has an abundance of strength for me to the weary. And he told me to draw from my well of abundance. And so I'll spend a lot of time thinking about that. So ask God to give you something like this to give you an attribute about him a truth about him who he is and who he wants to be for you 
and then spend time, read scriptures on it, meditate on it is really the most important thing. Just sit every day and think about that one thing, that attribute, and let God build on it and strengthen you in that. This is a key truth that will always be true, no matter what comes your way in life that will unlock your heart to be able to rest in him and to live from that place of truth and eventually getting to the point where you can actually rejoice in that truth. It holds you regardless of what's going on and it produces trust as you live from that truth that you are allowing to be like a foundation for you. And, and that produces faith to move forward, which produces joy. The enemy has no access to patience. <laughs> Think about that. He has no access to patience. That's a fruit of the Spirit. So if you continually lean into God and lean into his truth for your life, who he wants to be for you in this season of life, then Satan isn't going to wait around when he can't victimize us. He doesn't have patience. So if you keep pushing into this truth of God, this, this attribute, who he wants to be for you, after a while, Satan's going to give up. He doesn't have patience. So pick a truth and be true to it. Meditate on it. Thank God for it. It can become your stance. I know a, a few weeks ago I mentioned Ephesians 6, having done all to stand. And this can be the one truth that you will not waver on and you will always stand on it. Play king of the mountain with, with the enemy and knock him out of the game by standing firm in that one truth. Tell him, you can't push me off this rock. You have no power over me because, and then tell the enemy what that is, because God never changes. He never changes his love or his affection for me. He never changes his thoughts toward me. He never changes his plan for my life. Becoming rooted in the nature of God, who he is as his very being, will bring us joy. I'm going to end with that for today. And next week, I plan to wrap up this series on finding joy again. Did you know that GPS Hope has a YouTube channel? There are over a hundred videos over there. Most of them are under 10 minutes. They're short. And a couple of months ago, I started every week. Now, these were coming out. They come out mostly on Fridays. I've been trying to do them weekly for a couple of years. That's why there's so many there. But the last a couple of months, I have specifically been answering emails about struggles that grieving parents are having and they write to me about. So if you're interested in this and you didn't know about this, just go over to YouTube and do a search for GPS Hope. You'll find our channel and you can start scrolling through those videos and take a look at whatever you want to watch. And then I just want to ask you again to please take a few seconds and give this Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast a rating, hopefully five stars, and a review, just a couple of sentences about why you like it. It helps push the podcast to the top of the search engines, which means it helps other parents to find the same hope and help that you are getting from this podcast. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment. We are now in August, and we have Christopher Hotch, who was born on August 10th, and he is forever 31. 
We celebrate with his family the day that Chris came into this world. If you would like us to celebrate your child's birthday with you, just go to gpshope.org birthdays and there's just a, a form you fill out, submit that with the information and I will be honored to add your son or daughter to our birthday segment the week of his or her birthday. I look forward to sharing one last episode with you in this series, Finding Joy Again. Please remember to give yourself lots of grace if this is an area you're struggling in. The reason I am doing this series on joy is really for myself. I'm still finding it and, and fighting for it. And so I just decided I would bring you along with me on this journey of finding joy again. We all need to find our own path to joy because only God knows what will set each one of us free to bring that joy back into our lives and not just find the joy that you used to have, but to have it abundantly in ways you didn't have it before, which really can become a steady undercurrent in your life and in my life. So until next week, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.